Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hashtag not committed. Welcome into another edition of Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Berry, back here with you in studio talking Ole Miss and recruiting. The voice that you're about to hear is going to be a familiar one. We have an OG co-host here on the show, Grayson Weir. Grayson? Man, it is good to be back. How are you, Zach? I am I'm doing exceptional. Um, it's just uh, another day just uh, mining away in the uh, the recruiting caves, if you will. Um, it is the was... dog days of summer. I mean, we are <laughs> we are officially with college baseball behind us, counting down the days. The recruiting dead period is upon us. We are we are just Counting the clock, letting the clock tick down to to fall camp here in a couple of weeks. I mean, we got a what ninety something degree day down here in in Music City, absolute scorcher. It is the dog days of summer, but hey, it's good to be back, and I'm I'm glad we are uh, reconnecting again back here on on the pod. Yeah, it's been long overdue, um, but uh, I mean, just a perfect way to uh, you know ignite this reunion you were in attendance for um on three's nil series that was in nashville um i believe yeah it was last month right it was in may 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 30 to june 1 yeah so um you got a chance to go um listen in i i mean I, i i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw you the 
throw you the mic here. You uh, you just kind of give us give us the run of uh, what you got to see, what you got to hear, and uh, kind of what stood out the most to you. Yeah, the event was really awesome. I've been to a lot of uh, various you know summits or whatever we want to call them, conferences, etc. And I have left most of them thinking, "Wow, you know that was a waste of time," or "Oh, okay, like that was cool, but I didn't really." walk away with any tangible takeaways or just, Hey, you know, that was a good opportunity for a couple of days of vacation or a couple of days out of the office or whatever. That was not the case at the uh, NIL elite series here in Nashville. It was a really, really awesome couple of days. I mean, it was quick and they packed a lot in shout out to, to Grant Fricking and, and the guys that were putting on the event um i know that it was a a grind to get it all to come together but they really executed super well they they had a lot of fun opportunities for the recruits themselves but from an actual learning standpoint they had some of the best voices in the industry able to speak on a topic that a lot of high schoolers these days know nothing about i mean these recruits i believe it was the top 30 recruits in the class of 2024 don't quote me on that it might have been top 40 top 50 something like that um, these guys, yeah, they're going into these conversations with coaches and with various staff members and donors and things of that nature with very little knowledge of the NIL space. I mean, you're a 17, 18 year old kid. You don't know anything about taxes. You don't know anything about how to value yourself within a certain market. You don't know anything about the market in general. I mean, it's, it's just kind of a, a free for all. And, and they, we've seen a lot of instances i mean the the most prominent perhaps being Jaden rashada over with florida of of deals falling through and kind of messy behind the scenes actions or at byu there's alleged false promises where built bar you know promised a, a cut of a cougar tail protein bar sales and the players are saying they never got it so there's a lot of kind of messiness and and things of that nature going on um i saw one contract recently that basically said that if the NIL collective does not make good on its promises, the NIL collective is not responsible. So these kids are signing contracts with very little knowledge of what they're actually signing. And these top 30 recruits and, and those of us who are in attendance, you know, myself included, I, I know about the NIL space, but I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a legal expert. I'm not able to tell you what these contracts should or shouldn't look like. I can't tell you you know, anything about agency other than what I know from just a casual fan and from like the kind of journalist perspective. Um, this NIL Elite Series did a really great job of not only covering the basics of here's kind of just the general idea of what you should know and what you should be doing when you go into these conversations, but they really went into, hey, what should your agent be focusing on? I mean, that was the biggest focus that every single speaker that got up said, first thing you should do when you enter the recruiting process, hire an agent because this amateur, well, I mean, college football is never an amateur sport, but they tried to guise amateurism under the student athlete before the NIL days. Um, now it is obviously no longer an amateur sport. It is a professional sport. And to go into these negotiations, you have to have someone who knows what they're talking about. So that, that was the first kind of big point of emphasis. But then from there, they talked about what that 
those conversations should look like, the type of questions that kids should be asking, how to know whether a coach is being genuine in what they're offering or if they're saying something to get you in the boat in the boat and then it might look completely different to even six months from now um credit to all of the guys that that put on the event there that over the i guess it was right after uh labor day weekend but anyway it, it was a really successful event um that allowed all of the recruits to have a good time and enjoy themselves. But also I I think it was probably most valuable for them and their parents in knowing what to do because these kids don't know what to do. And this was a chance for them to learn from really some of the top, top voices in the industry, what to do when you're coming into this conversation, because in today's recruiting environment, NIL may not be the only thing, or rather it may not be, everything but it is certainly something and it is one of the top two things that recruits are talking about once they get to campus is they want to know how much money that a school can offer them compared to others and it may not be the final decision they may not go to the school that can offer them the most amount of money but if a school is if one school is offering them twice the amount of the other school it would be hard to overlook that offer um so really 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 well done series uh in nashville and if there were any kinks to be worked out which i didn't see from from my end it was a pretty seamless three days smooth three days um all of those kinks will be worked out for next year when they're going even bigger with more recruits in nashville at a bigger hotel with likely equally as big name speakers as Kirk Herbstreet and Olivia Dunn. It was a really, it was a really good learning experience for them, but also for, for me, you know, I was able to walk away with it with a better understanding of the name, image and likeness space that I can then take into other conversations regarding that topic. It was a really well, really well done event. I wanted to, so I, I was doing a little bit of reading prior to the event. And then afterwards it was, great coverage from everybody that was there and on three, obviously it was their event. So they were covering it very extensively and thoroughly, but I know the, the core values of the whole elite NIL series inform, educate, communicate, protect. Um, you touched on a lot of those core values just now, but um, that Kirk Herbstreit, I know he was like the big headliner outside of, Olivia Dunn did you were you were you in attendance for him speaking or was it just the players and families yep I was there uh, okay it was a really Kirk's perspective was interesting because he put his hand up right away and he said I went through the recruiting process you know however many years ago before this was even a thing his kids for the most part outside of Chase right now who I believe is 2025 maybe 2026 uh quarterback all of his kids got to college before NIL became a thing. Um, so mm-hmm. his perspective was really interesting because he was able to speak to the recruiting process without NIL and then able to kind of parlay that into how can his recruiting and recruit his recruitment, how would it have looked if he had gone through it during the NIL era. Um, so it, it's just interesting to get kind of that 30,000 foot view rather than all of the speakers that day 
had direct ties to the NIL space. Kirk didn't. He's just a college football guy. So he was able to speak to it more, um, I guess, generalized, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a really cool conversation um, with him where he was able to speak more so about just what you should be looking for beyond financial values. Olivia Dunn was there. She's kind of the outside of Kirk. I mean, it's pretty wild that that she can, you know, potentially upstage, you know, the voice of, of college football for the she last, did. what, 25 years. Yeah. Um, she's pretty, she's a pretty wild story and pretty cool with just everything that she's accomplished in a short amount of time, you know, being such a, um, you know, elite gymnast, um, I don't have her credentials in front of me. I can do a quick effort here and, and, and find them, but she kind of became the kind of headliner, I guess the, the name to know in the NIL world before it, you know, basically got to where it is now. Um, you know, she was kind of the first one to really take off as a social media influencer and to the early stages of NIL was able to really, you know, make money off of that and to really benefit and elevate her name and, and, and her brand. But um, yeah, I mean, looking at it right now, like she has seven, almost seven and a half fo- a million followers on TikTok, um, over 4 million followers on Instagram. And um, yeah, I mean, she's on the, the USA national gymnastics team. Um, so yeah, I mean, her whole like social media fame is what's so fascinating about her as, as an NIL name and like a college athlete, but what, um, what was the, what was her, I guess her session like when she was talking? So Olivia, yeah, I'm looking here now on three NIL valuation of $3.3 million annually. And I, I, I think that could potentially be a low ball for her. I mean, she just signed a deal with uh Motorola recently and you know motor oh yeah they're bringing the razor back yeah and you know that that if they're going for olivia dunn they're dropping a pretty pretty hefty number there um she was really interesting for two reasons one i was curious to see i've never seen her in a space like that i've seen her talk about nil on podcasts or on a uh you know radio hit or things of that nature i'd never seen her really sit down in front of a group like that where she was noticeably intimidated when she walked into the room. And I would be too. I mean, you're walking in there in front of 30 high school elite athlete dudes and their families on top of kind of the back section of that, the house filled in pretty heavily with like media and, and reporters and the entire, you know, on three national staff was all in the back of the room. Whereas they're kind of in and out throughout the day. For the other sessions, everybody was in the room for Olivia, and she was visibly intimidated once she shot, sat down. Um, and a real quick plug here, I'm with OutKick these days. Jonathan Hutton of OutKick was the kind of moderator for their conversation, and it was neat because the two of them didn't sit there. It wasn't just like a Q&A session. It was more of just a kind of a loose conversation, and you could notice that she got more and more comfortable as the – the conversation continued because when she walked in there, there was a, a very kind of hush that fell over the room and she really commanded that spotlight in a way that I've never seen from a college athlete 
other than the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, so it was really impressive from that standpoint. But then when she got to talking, her insight was interesting because Kirk couldn't speak to NIL firsthand. Olivia, right. obviously, is the kind of expert in that space these days because she's built what she's built, this massive media empire. Um, her and the Cavender twins were both kind of on the cutting edge of that uh, back in July 1, 2021. And Olivia is obviously now you know, a household name, which is insane to think about a gymnast at LSU, a junior, a sophomore at LSU gymnast being someone who you could say pretty much anyone, anywhere to anyone across the country, you could say Olivia Dunn and they'll know who you're talking about at this point. That's remarkable. Um, so for her to sit down and really break down, I, I thought the most interesting takeaways were um, she doesn't pay attention to follower count or anything of that nature at all she doesn't care how many people follow her follow her she cares more about engagement and how she has built that engagement because at the end of the day it doesn't matter if one person or 14 billion people follow you on instagram or tiktok whatever platform it might be it matters more so how many people are viewing your content how many eyeballs are you reaching um and so her kind of speaking to these top 30 recruits, it's obviously a little different because kind of two different markets in the self-admittedly, you know, Olivia self-admittedly kind of, uh, she has that level of the SI swimsuit calendar, whereas, you know, a high school five-star linebacker is not going to have the high school or the SI swimsuit calendar element to his content at this point, at least. I mean, who knows? That'd be pretty funny to see Sammy Brown, on the cover of uh, SI swimsuit one day with his mullet, but she doesn't care about her followers. She cares more about engagement and that's what she has noticed brands care about too. It's like, how many people can you reach? How many eyeballs can you get? Um, And her big kind of point of emphasis was if you want to build a brand in the way that she has, um, rather than just speaking to your sport. Yes. There's certainly an element of, if you're a high school recruit, you know, a top quarterback, yes, you should have that viral throw that, that Joe Milton Manning passing Academy type throw on your platform. But it goes bigger than that because football may or may not work out, you know, but you can build this brand behind you through showing more of yourself than just your sport. What does your day look like around football? What does your day look like you know, in terms of nutrition, what does it look like in terms of what are you doing in your free time? You know, college athletes don't have a lot of free time. They're not out at the bars drinking every night the way that, you know, I certainly was when I was a 18, 19 year old kid. So freshman, sophomore in college, uh, the athletes aren't doing that because they got to be up at 5 a.m. So what are they doing, you know, to pass the time? Are they beating the crap out of their friends in Madden? Show that, you know, show yourself show your personality, show something that makes you different beyond just your sport. And she admitted that it's really difficult to to do that. And you have to kind of become comfortable in the uncomfortable because showing something beyond your sport, you know, as a high school football athlete, your sport is your everything. Uh, You're putting all of this time and effort to get to the college level to get to one day, hopefully the NFL. And so showing something like, hey, here is what I'm having for breakfast today. Or here I am, you know, going out with my friends to 
Volta for my, you know, the, to get a, a mojito or whatever. I don't know. Um, it's difficult and it's awkward. And Olivia found herself at the beginning of this process being super uncomfortable with it. She found it weird and uncomfortable to post herself in the mirror, you know, with her outfit of the day or to showcase, you know, here's how I make my smoothie in the morning. Like those things are not easy to do, but you have to find comfort in being uncomfortable. And then she also, at the same time, put emphasis on don't share everything. You know, your life should be public to some extent if you want to build a social media brand, but keep some of that stuff to yourself. You know, have that ability to separate she, she kind of broke it down into three separate ways. You know, there's the sport element of it and you're a college athlete. There's the social media branding element where you're sharing your life beyond the college athlete. And then there's an element of it, just life. How can you make sure that you have this sense of normalcy in the NIL era? And a lot of that comes with just trying to like do normal things and and so this is where kind of kirk and olivia crossed over because kirk was able to speak to recruiting and college football you know he got to football or got to ohio state as one of the the top it was tim and todd marinovich were the top two quarterbacks um yeah in his, his recruiting class and then obviously kirk didn't really pan out the way that everybody thought that he would and that was difficult you know you've got guys not only asking you for money that come out of the woodworks, but you've got people who kind of mooched onto you because they thought you were going to be something and then maybe kind of dissipated. And so both he and Olivia on two different sides of college sports and college football pre and post NIL, um, both put a, oh, let me try that again, significant emphasis on keeping your circle tight and, and working with people who you trust. Olivia travels pretty much everywhere with her older sister, uh, Jules. And she was actually there too. And as with her mother, because Olivia knows that Jules is always going to have her best interests in mind. And rather than people who might be out there just trying to get to her because she is who she is. And Mm -hmm. so as things escalate, you want to know who your people are and those people will keep you kind of grounded and normal. And Olivia put emphasis on that normalcy and her mom did as well. Her mom also spoke uh, with her as part of this conversation and, and Kat was, was insightful for a lot of the parents in the room um, who had questions about, you know, how to best see their child profit in this NIL era. But, um, Kat, Olivia, Kirk, all of them kind of spoke to how in this NIL era, there, it's difficult to separate the two and finding that separation is where you're going to be able to build your brand. Because if they come together, you might get sick and tired of it. Your brand might get tired. Your uh, followers may not be as interested in your content because they know everything or know too much about you. And so finding that ability to separate church and state, if you will, is super important. You know, Libby doesn't talk about NIL deals with her teammates in the gym. She doesn't bring 
her phone into the gym. She doesn't bring her phone into the lock. Well, she brings her phone into the locker room, but she shuts it down, you know, a certain amount of time before practice, a certain time before meets. Um, she just wants athletes to know and, and anyone who's trying to get into the NIL space or even the social media space in general, that there needs to be an element of living your life separately, but also sharing enough so that your followers are engaged in who you are behind your sport. So that's kind of the, the long winded version of her, her speech uh, or conversation rather to these high school mm-hmm. athletes. And it was really neat. I mean, it was also really cool to hear kind of the other side of things where she is so big now she's shooting the cover of sports illustrated. And it was interesting to hear how she balances that because sports illustrated typically asks for um, I think six or seven days to shoot a cover or to shoot a spread. I don't think Olivia's on the cover. Um, but they asked six or seven days to get the shoot right. Olivia was in the middle of the preseason for LSU gymnastics, or she might've even been in the middle of the actual season. So she went to her coach and said, Hey coach, I got this opportunity to be on, you know, in this SI swimsuit, but they want six days. Her coach gave her one day. So she flew to Puerto Rico, shot the cover in one day, prayed to God for good weather, got good weather, shot her spread in 12 hours slept got on a plane the next morning back to baton rouge and was back at practice after afternoon so it's interesting to hear how you know the alex morgans of the world have kind of more time to go do six seven days for these shoots but these college athletes are doing these type of things where they're still in season they still are college athletes they're still going to class they're still writing essays taking tests doing all that stuff and then on the flip side of things these coaches are having to adapt as well because they didn't two years ago, they didn't have a, their best, you know, bar gymnast needing six days to Puerto Rico to go make Mm -hmm. money. So it was a really insightful conversation to hear her perspective on things as someone who's in the industry. And then her mom too, shout out to Kat. She did a really good job of uh, the parents that kind of opened it up for Q and A's. And it was interesting because I would have expected all of the high school athletes to have questions for Olivia. Um, That wasn't the case at all. The Q and a section was entirely parents asking Catherine, you know, how can we best capitalize on this space? How can we keep our kid grounded? How can we keep our kid from getting ripped off by brands and deals? And Kat was able to speak to how she and Olivia have kind of navigated this world together for a little while, but then they also spoke to the fact kind of the reoccurring theme of the week was get an agent, get an agent who knows what you're talking about. Olivia signed with WME, I believe, um, obviously one of the top agencies. High school athletes aren't going to have that same kind of pull to sign with like a WME, but you need to vet your agents. You need to vet the, the people out there who are willing to represent you because some of them may have your best interests in mind. Some of them may just be looking for a paycheck or to ride your coattails. Um, and so it was a really interesting perspective from Olivia over the course of, I believe it was about an hour or so. She covered a lot of topics and really was insightful, certainly as the conversation got on and she got more comfortable into how these top 30 recruits can follow her business model. Because at the end of the day, she's a business. Um, mm-hmm. And she did a really good job in that. 
So uh, she being a, a, a college athlete already and NIL mm-hmm. essentially became a thing or she kind of manifested it and it then became mainstream when she was already in college. But for these, you know, top prospects that were in attendance, they're still in high school and they're navigating those waters right now with mm-hmm. parents or advisors or, you know, some have agents, I'm sure. Did they probably not just because it's, you know, probably kind of still taboo and people ignore it and act like it's not a thing. Maybe they did cover it. Did they talk at all about dealing with, you know, quote handlers and how to go about navigating that and trying to decide whether or not this person has your actual best interests at at heart, or they're just, again, trying to get paid. Yeah, I I think that was a, a big point of emphasis. They didn't necessarily come out and speak to it as, you know, they didn't say handler or like the, as blunt of terms, I guess. Um, but that was one of the biggest point of emphasis when I was speaking to the recruits throughout the week. Um, how to tell, I heard the word genuine a lot or, yeah. you know, truthful a lot. Um because it's tricky. You know, you don't know who has your best, like you said, you don't know who has your best interests in mind. Um, but NIL is being discussed at every visit. It seems like it mm-hmm. comes up mostly in official visits, but it's being had in every single conversation. And so Edric Houston um, was, was one of the people that I was able to kind of pick his brain on the topic. He's a five-star D lineman. Um, and Hedrick was like, it, it's new to all of us. And so it's all legal. And there's a way to tell based on who is being genuine and who is maybe blowing smoke based on kind of what that offer looks like. Because in today's age, um, I don't have it right now. Let me see if I can pull it up as we're talking. But uh, um, there, there is this kind of market value in the space that Shannon Terry spoke to um, here. I'll break it down. Actually. I've, I've got it right now. Um, a, a five-star high school football player in today's market is worth somewhere between 160 and $350,000, give or take a top 10 high school Man. football quarterback is going to be looking at an additional 125,000 to 375,000. A top 100 high school football player. So even if you're a four star or three star, but you're in the top 100, you're looking at about 100K plus. A top five college football player at their position. So somebody who's already in college and is in top five at their position, let's use the quarterback position as an example. So you're talking about the Caleb Williams, Drake Mays of the world. You're looking at 300K plus per year. Um, and in the kind of climate of today, quarterback is obviously you're going to find the most money being spent by NIL collectives and uh, donors and boosters or whatever you want to call them around the program on quarterbacks, uh, which is why John Rice Plumley took the Tom Brady approach at UCF recently and told the King Kingdom Collective, hey, I'm good. Let's spend my money on someone who can block for me and a receiver, um, which is a really mm-hmm. interesting approach to it. But the premium positions are, are quarterback, offensive tackle, and edge rusher today. So those guys kind of have 
an edge up in their value. And so if you're entering the conversation with these NIL collectives or staffers or whoever it may be talking about NIL, uh, Edric Houston said that you can tell because who is being genuine and who isn't because you know your market value going into it. So if you're, let's say, a three-star you know, safety and the coach is offering you $2 million a year, they're not being genuine. They're lying to your face because a quarterback is getting $2 million a year and only the elite quarterbacks are getting $2 million a year. So if you can go into the conversation knowing your worth and knowing your value, um, that's kind of the biggest way to tell what if someone's coming to you with an offer within that price range that you know your worth in your position and your prestige and your space, then that is how you can kind of tell who is being genuine. Um, Jalen, oh God, I butchered his name a few weeks ago and I'm probably going to do it again, again right now. Jalen Mbakwe. Mbakwe, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I butcher it. It's such an easy name when you read it, but then I, whatever. Um, he's a five-star athlete committed to Bama. He said that kind of the same thing, right? So if you're, he said, quote, I'm paying to ent- attention to all of the deals that are going on. You have to look at the money situation right now. Like 14 million is crazy. You might not get 14 mil, don't just commit there because of money. Commit somewhere because of relationships. The people that I've have talked to about NIL have been pretty straightforward. I like when a coach is being straightforward with me and being truthful and honest instead of telling me that I'll get a deal. And then as the recruiting process continues, I don't. Um, and then there was another, the one that I thought was really interesting. Um, Jaden Riddell, he's a four-star tight end committed to Jordan, Georgia, not Jordan. Um, he said, quote, does a coach like me as a player or is he trying to buy me as a player? I could always tell because coaches that were just trying to get me in the boat with money, um, I'm paraphrasing, but could get me in the boat with money, didn't talk to me about anything other than money. A coach or a staffer or, like you said, a handler that are being genuine care about you as a person. They're, they're talking about things more than money. They're selling you on the school, the culture, Asking you, you know, what you're looking for in a staff, what you're looking for in a college town, what you're looking for in a college experience. If a coach, a staffer, or a handler is only talking about money, they're not being genuine. Um, and it's it's really interesting uh, to hear kind of more perspective on that. Where Carson Gentle, he's a he's a three star recruit, so he has a little bit of a different perspective on it than some of the five guy, five star, four star guys that were in attendance. Um, he said kind of this echoed those similar sentences sentiments where you can tell who actually wants you because of when or how they bring up the NIL conversation. So if they're, mm-hmm. if you're walking in there and the first thing you're talking about is NIL, that coach isn't being genuine. They're just trying to buy you. They're just trying to get you on the, in on the board. They're just trying to get you to commit and trying to figure out the rest of it later if they're coming in and you're not having a conversation about NIL right away, then that coach likely cares more about you. Um, And then there's kind of the other side of thing that Carson had spoken about. Um, He praised Tennessee's defensive line coach, Rodney Gardner, because he's kind of more of an old school guy. And he actually spoke to the fact that he's like, look, there are defensive line recruits coming in here to Tennessee every day, or that I'm getting on the phone with every day who are just asking me, about money right away. He said, that's not yeah. what I'm about. He said, we'll get to the money conversation down the road. 
I want to get to know you. I want to get to experience you as a player. And then if it is the right fit, then we'll get money in the conversation after the fact. So the biggest kind of yeah I, point of with that conversation is you can tell if they're genuine when, how, and you know how they discuss nil right in, in that conversation. Well, I it I was curious about that because it's it definitely still happens because yes. you still got these commits that come out of nowhere. They happen all the time early on in the process, especially right now where you've got all these, you know, whether they're high profile or not guys that go on a visit, they have said time and time again, Hey, I'm taking my time. I'm taking all my visits. I'm going to wait until December. And then they go on a visit and then all of a sudden, boom, a commitment. Um, I mean, I talk to people in and around the business in and around the industry all the time. And they they say it, you know, these guys are are getting, you know, Hey, here's a, here's a bag commit today. You get it. Yep. Like that's, that's still very much a thing. And I, and I think that it kind of goes hand in hand with what you're saying about being genuine and, you know, not only the school, because there are also just rumors all over the place of certain programs that are promising a lot of money. And are they going to be able to, to come through with that money? I mean, Sure, there are some collectives that are that are you know they're pretty pretty stockpiled and ready to to you know hand out some checks. But there's also some that are they're going to tell you everything you want to hear, and then when it comes time to to cut that check, oh hey, um, we actually need to allocate a couple of resources here for so and so, or um yeah actually uh we're still waiting on a couple things like we're only going to be able to give you like half of that right now like that that stuff still happens and it's going to happen because i know that um walker jones who runs the grove collective for Ole miss he recently spoke about that and how the donor fatigue is very real and the rate it's going right now that fatigue is going to continue to be a thing. It's, it's probably going to go up because it's just hard. And, you know, what do you do when you have these collectives that everybody's, you know, both feet in, everybody's fired up. You're going to have a ton of interest and you're going to have a ton of donations coming in left and right. But then what happens when you turn in a, a six and six season? Um, you know, what happens exactly. when your star quarterback gets hurt and you struggle to win five games? Um, you know, boosters and donors and whoever the like are, are going to get upset and they're going to get mad. And then they're going to, you know, the money's going to dry up at some point, whether it's because of that or not. I mean, <laughs> people aren't just going to be constantly, constantly donating because at some point, like, you know, unless somebody's just that rich or <laughs> they're retired and they're like, well, this is what we're doing for retirement. Um, I just think that's a, that's a very real obstacle that's going to have to be addressed at some point because, I mean, the way the market is right now, I feel like, and, you know, look, I'm not trying to say they don't deserve it because the kids have long, long overdue deserve to be paid. But at this point, I, I can't knock a prospect for asking for more money. No chance. I mean, you know, the answer, you know, that they say the answer is always no until you ask. So 
sure, if you're on a visit and you think that this is what your worth is, you might as well ask. But yeah, I, I just think the the obstacle of still trying to navigate those waters with handlers is going to continue to be an issue just because it's always going to be there. And there's always, unfortunately, going to be people that are going to try to take advantage of kids. Absolutely. Um, all right, so we're going to take our first break. Um, just a jam-packed first segment there. That was uh, that was great stuff. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to touch on uh, briefly college baseball and the ever-evolving NIL and transfer portal landscape there. So hang tight. We'll be right back with Grayson Weir. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. And we are back here on Not Committed with our boy Grayson. He is back in studio, long overdue. We're talking NIL. We're talking for recruiting. Um, I wanted to throw these numbers at you, and I'm going to have to quickly find it. But you know already what I'm getting at. But college baseball, is, I mean, this year was the perfect example of the effect that NIL and the transfer portal can have. Um, LSU wins a national championship on Monday, defeating Florida, who was, in my opinion, on paper, the better team. Yep. LSU gets it done. Top end talent, mostly from the portal. Uh, I mean, the guy that they got via the portal, Tommy White, had over 100 RBIs, which I don't even know the last time that was done. Um, I, I don't even know if Chris Bryant had over 100 RBIs his last year in college when he set the then record for home runs in a season, which uh, Jack Caglione broke this year. Um, but the portal is, is becoming a big, big, big part of college baseball. And there is a, uh, I'm trying to find it here. Baseball scouts with a Z on Twitter was who put this together. Roger Wilkinson. Um, just runs like a scouting service. He hosts a couple podcasts. Um, CEO of Scouts USA. He put together a list of the top 10 teams and the spending and how college baseball's landscape is going to continue to look like this because everybody, it's just an arms race at this point. Everybody's trying to outspend everybody else. Um, right now, LSU is at the top. They're pretty close to $5.8 million. Wow. Now that's that's all in. That's not all nil. Um, the rumored number last year for the portal for LSU was somewhere in between one and two million. Uh, Vanderbilt, right there at number two at five point four. 
TCU at number three at 5.1. Ole Miss at number four at five. Texas at five with 4.7 million. Florida State, 4.6. South Carolina, four and a half. A&M, 4.1. Arkansas, four point, uh, or excuse me, four million. And then Florida at four million. So you've got all SEC and, uh, and then you got TCU. I'm throwing, I'm, I'm lumping Texas in with the, uh, the SEC now. Okay. TCU and, and Florida state are the only two, uh, non SEC schools in the top 10, but, uh, I know they didn't, I know it was football, all football at this, uh, with this NIL elite series, but I'm curious if they are going to address other sports at the, uh, NIL elite series next year, next year. Um, no, I don't know the answer to that. I think, it's, yeah. I think it's football focused. Okay. Um, it might get to a point where maybe they can't ignore it and they gotta, they gotta talk about basketball and baseball, but even if they don't, we can talk about it here. Uh, I mean, you saw it this year. Uh, LSU was, was a huge beneficiary of it. Now they do have, quite the built-in advantage with the connections to Marucci um, with the, I believe the CEO and founder is an LSU alum and Marucci obviously plays a big part in LSU baseball, but um, is there going to be some kind of cap or, you know, is there going to be something that's going to happen to, to level out the playing field or level, you know, kind of curb the market a bit in, in college baseball? Or do you think this is going to be because it is a niche sport and it's just kind of like, all right, if you want to if you want to spend a ton of money in this one, like go for it. It's not, you know, a headliner like college football. Like do you do you anticipate that at all or do you think this is just going to continue to be SEC heavy driven because of the emphasis put on college baseball in the SEC? I think the latter. I think it's going to continue. I think the only way we're going to see anything slow down, I guess for lack of better way of putting it with nil is going to be if there's regulation put into place but it looks like congress isn't has no interest in doing that because why would they they're the government uh the ncaa is eventually essentially irrelevant at this point if they weren't already five ten years ago um something needs to step in for this to happen i think the bubble's going to burst eventually i think you're going to see maybe the money start to kind of the pendulum start to shift as some of these kids get into you know the the college systems and and don't pan out you know if you're paying a kid eight million dollars and he's terrible then why would you do that again the next time um but i think the transfer portal and nil are are really interesting intrinsically tied uh entities at this point because of like you said i mean we're seeing a direct correlation between nil the transfer portal and success in really every sport. I mean, look at college basketball too. Miami had the biggest payroll of any uh, program in the country last year in terms of like players that it brought in from the transfer portal and it reached the final four um, or the elite eight final four or whatever it was. And you're seeing that in college baseball too with LSU this year. I mean, the, their best pitcher in the country came from air force. Well, how do you think he ended up at LSU instead of elsewhere? Or why didn't he just stay? Well, he didn't stay at air force because if you graduate air force, you have to serve. But if it was, if it was any other school, why wouldn't you just stay at that school and, and continue to dominate there? 
because money comes into the equation. And so I think this is kind of the norm now. And we're seeing the transfer portal and NIL. I mean, look at Ole Miss football. Look at Ole Miss baseball. Trayson Hughes coming from Mercer, really great player. And, and it sucks to some extent for the, you know, a school like Mercer where they're not going to be able to keep their talent because guys like Trayson Hughes, who was hitting, God, I think he hit like 385 or something really impressive last season. Um, I can't remember exactly what his numbers are right now, and I'm not going to pull them up, but he came to Ole Miss. I would venture to guess that the Grove Collective had some sort of role in that decision. I mean, certainly you're still recruiting to the fact that credit to LSU. They have one of the most fun college baseball atmospheres in the country. They don't have the most fun college baseball atmosphere in the country because that resides in Oxford. But Alex Box Stadium is really cool. There's a history there. The Cajuns are fun. They have a good time. They love their college baseball players. They have that culture built there. But then a guy like Tommy Tanks could have been just fine at, at North Carolina State. He could have played his way into the first round at North Carolina State with the Wolfpack. He could have absolutely found success there. Could have brought NC State to the College World Series on his bat alone. I mean, they're good. Not great, but they're a good baseball program. Tommy Tanks could have made his name at North Carolina, but he transferred to a powerhouse like LSU. Money had something to do with it. Um, and so I think this is just going to continue to be the norm. And I think it's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it the way that you just said. Because um, a school like Ohio State or Michigan or even a, a Stanford or LSU or USC, rather, um, Stanford and USC have good baseball programs. I mean, Stanford was at the College World Series back-to-back -back years. USC has the most College World Series titles of any program in the country. Um, obviously, the, the pendulum has swung a little bit towards more of the Southeast now in recent years, uh, really the last two, if not even three decades, kind of post-Mark McGuire and, and Mark Pryor being with, with out there in L.A. Um, but I hadn't thought about it the way that you just put it. Yeah, I mean, we're going to continue to see this SEC dominance because they're the schools that are willing to spend the money. You're not going to see – I mean, I guess that's not entirely true, right? Like you've got schools like Miami and and some of those ACC programs, like maybe Florida State. Um, they'll put some emphasis into college baseball, but they're not putting the emphasis that the SEC programs do. So it is interesting that you mentioned that because I hadn't thought about that. You know, Michigan is not going to be able to – maintain consistent relevance in the college baseball space unless they get really lucky in recruiting and they just happen to find the right high school guys that stick in Ann Arbor for three, four years. Whereas the SEC, they are putting all of that money and that time and that energy into college baseball and they're going to spend that money to go get the top talent in the transfer portal. I hadn't thought about it that way. You're absolutely right. It's interesting is a, is a unique word to use because some people are going to hate it, um, but it is going to be an interesting thing to follow because like you mentioned, you know, these, these talented baseball players are just a year away from getting a huge paycheck to go pro. Um, but I think the, you know, push comes to shove. Yeah, sure. They could stay at their, you know, Tommy White could have stayed at NC State and would have still been a high draft pick, uh, you, you know. Um, 
Paul Skeen, same thing. But I, I think these guys are competitors. They want to win. They want to win at the highest level. Whether they say that or not, that's what they want to do. Right. So it made sense for those guys to pick LSU because they're in the SEC. They're going to be good every single year, barring some kind of crazy you know, dip in recruiting, which is not going to happen. But yeah, the chances of you going to LSU and, and, and rolling the dice, so to speak, to try to get to the College World Series, it's a pretty good chance to take. Um, so yeah, it's uh it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be an interesting thing to to keep tabs on because I do think that you know it's kind of the joke now when a really good college baseball player gets in the portal. And somebody asked me, and I'm just like, well, they're just going to go to LSU. I'm just going to keep saying that until I'm wrong. Yep. Um, so uh, we're going to take final break here. When we come back, we're going to do a lightning round. Going to kind of trade blows, hot takes for the SEC uh, as talking season. It's it's going to be here before we know it. We've got a couple weeks left before talking season gets going with SEC media days here in Nashville. But a quick break to hear from the sponsors once again, and then we'll be uh, coming back, lightning around to close things up. Hang tight. Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Are you ready for the Grove? Because I know I am. So join Lane Kiffin and your Ole Miss football rebels at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium this fall for the 2023 season. Order tickets now to participate in the seat selection process and to explore seating options. Visit OleMissTix.com, OleMissTix.com, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation today, 662-915-7159. For Ole Miss football season tickets, it's time again to help lock the vault. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. 
The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufi Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufi Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Ufi Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Ufi Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Ufi Video Lock. Ufi Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Ufi Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufi Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Final segment here on Not Committed with Grayson Weir of Outkick. And, uh, I mean, we have to do this because I know you've got some hot ones. We've got to run through lightning round, back and forth, hot take, SEC football 2023. You are the guest, so I will give you the honors to kick things off. I'd say let's probably go, what do you want to say, back and forth, what, three times each? Three times works for me. That's, that should be good. Um, so right off the bat, give me something that you're paying attention to, um, something that you feel very strongly about. You've got a you've got a hot take to get off your chest. This is your chance. So uh, you have the stage, sir. Vanderbilt wins five games again this year. I think Whoa! They, I think that they get five again. I mean, you've got three kind of right out of the gates, right? You've got Hawaii. Let's, let's pull it up. Alabama A and M, and UNLV. Yeah. Okay. All three of those games should be wins. So then you got to get two more. I think you can potentially go into Winston-Salem and get oh, Wake Forest on a downswing. They're going to go to the dash? I think that they could get them on a downswing because Wake lost Hartman. They're kind of in this limbo. Um, I think you could go into Winston-Salem and get your fourth win. 
And then if not that, then there's two other opportunities. I think that you could potentially play the spoiler. You've got Missouri at home. Mm-hmm. Eli Drinkwitz is, I don't know if he's on the hot seat. I, I can't speak to necessarily like Missouri's coaching situation, but it feels kind of from the outsider perspective. It's like, Hey man, you gotta, you gotta start winning. If we want to keep you around, I feel like I feel like right now he's safe because he's doing a good enough job in state recruiting. That's true. And that new that's, NIL law helps too. That allows yeah. high school athletes to to profit and whatever. But yeah, okay. So regardless, it's like all right, Missouri, you got to start winning games. So that could be the fourth if Wake Forest isn't. That could also be the fifth if Wake Forest is, and then and then ready for this one. <laughs> Hold hold your horses. I think at Florida. I know that sounds crazy mm-hmm. because Florida is um, you're supposed to be better this year. They're in you know the second year of the Napier era, but they're coming off of a game at Kentucky, which could be a little more difficult than people expect this year. So they so let's let me run through this. Florida starts the year at Utah, so they're going to get up for week one right away. Then they've kind of got a, a week to reset against McNeese. Then they host Tennessee. So that game right there, you're hosting Tennessee. That's obviously a massive game that you have to get up for. But then you turn around with Charlotte, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, South Carolina. So in that kind of run of four games, Charlotte's you should dominate. You know, you should have your starters in by the third or the backups in by the third quarter. Then you go to Kentucky. Playing in Lexington in recent years has not been that easy of a task. So maybe you kind of sleepwalk through that one, but come out with a win you're not super excited about. And then you think, okay, we've got Vanderbilt at home. This should be a win. But then you look ahead to South Carolina, at South Carolina that next week. Vanderbilt could catch them in a trap there. So I'm going to say that Vanderbilt gets five wins this year between Hawaii, Alabama A&M, Wake, UNLV, Florida and Missouri. So they'll win five of those six games this All season. Right. Professional segue there because my first hot take that I'm getting off my chest here, I think Florida is going to be trash. Yep. Love I that. just do not believe in Billy Napier. Um, You've got a defense that, I mean, Opponents converted on an SEC worst 49% on third downs, and they yielded at least 30 points in six of their uh in all six of their losses. Um Patrick Tony caught a lot of the blame. He's now gone to the NFL. They hired 29-year-old Austin Armstrong. Don't think he's gonna get it done year one. He's hmm. a young guy, he's He's a name people talk about a lot in coaching circles, but I think he's got a lot to learn. I mean, he's not even 30. And they got a ton of newcomers up front um, that they're going to have to rely on. I, The secondary, I feel like with, with Florida, the secondary is always potentially going to be really good just because that state has a ton of talent in it, and Florida can typically keep those guys around. Um, but... Florida ended the year on a three-game losing streak last year, including a loss to Vandy, which was the first since the year I was born. Uh, I am 35 years old, so that should give you some some sense of how often that happens. Um, 
they're trying to avoid three straight losing seasons for the first time since the fifties. Um, wow. Oh, now wow. the talent and the depth has been improved via the portal. Um, who's playing quarterback for Florida? That's a question that I think we are, have yet to find out. <laughs> are you rolling Graham Mertz out there? Because he was not good at Wisconsin. So far, he looks like a bust. Are they just going to somehow figure it out now? Uh, is it going to be Jack Miller? He looked pretty bad in the uh, spring game. So, I I mean, the spring game is what prompted getting Graham Mertz. So, yeah, true. I just don't have a lot of faith. I think they're going to – they got lucky last year by beating Utah when Cam Rising made a bonehead decision at the goal line. They're going to go to Salt Lake City. They're not winning that game. Don't care. Not winning that game. Tennessee, that's an L. Yep. South Carolina in Columbia, I think that's an L. Georgia and Jacksonville is an L. Arkansas is not going to be easy at home. You got to go to LSU. That's an L. And then you play Florida State. That's an L. So right now, if we're counting Missouri, Vandy, Kentucky, uh, Kentucky, Charlotte, and McNeese, that's five. And that's giving them Vandy and giving them Kentucky, which is in Lexington. Um, I mean, is it insane to say the ceiling is probably six and six? Best no. case, seven and five. Florida's not yeah. going to be happy with that. Not at all. So uh, that's my big thing this offseason. I, I just do not believe in the Gators. I do not believe in Billy Napier. It's kind of one of those, probably a guy that should be a coordinator. I think that uh, the SEC East can somehow make or break you that way. Will Muschamp. Had some success at South Carolina, ultimately kind of fizzled out. Now he's doing well as a coordinator. Uh, Kirby Smart looks to have figured it out. There are some variables there, but <clears throat> that's a whole nother show. Um, but <clears throat> I just do not think Napier gets it done. I don't right. I don't I don't hate that take at all. And I, I think that Florida could be a sneaky that, that's the sneaky spot for for Vandy to get its fifth win. Um Okay, I'm going to pivot over. So I'm going to preface this by saying I think Alabama is going to be good this year. I think Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson, um, I think they're both pretty solid guys, and we've seen that Alabama can win without, you know, a true quarterback. We saw Blake Sims, you know, bring them to the national championship. Um, but with that being said, I think that the the SEC's longest home winning streak is going to come to an end this year. So Alabama has it currently with 20 straight games, 20 straight wins at mm-hmm. Bryant-Denny. Um, I think Texas, LSU, and Tennessee, those three games in Alabama, in Tuscaloosa, one of those three games, Alabama could could and will drop one of those three games um, at home this season, which would end the SEC's longest winning streak and give it back to Georgia, who has won 18 straight games in Athens. All right. I'm with you there. There's a lot of question marks in Tuscaloosa. A lot of question marks. Hard but to go. With that being said, like I Saban's got to figure it out. And yeah, I was gonna off. say it hard to bet against the GOAT. They've got the talent. 
I imagine somebody in that quarterback room is going to step up. Yep. If I could give a bonus hot take, I don't think it's going to be Tyler Buckner. Oh. I think it's going to be one of Milroy or Simpson. I don't think it's Buckner. Ooh. Yeah, I kind of forget about Buckner, actually. So that's interesting. Another, that is a question, another, right? another post-spring game pickup. Yeah. That is but no one, but but no one tampers that no one does that. Um <laughs> all right. So my next one. Um let, let, let's let's keep it in-house here. I'm gonna go with Jackson Dart takes a big step forward and has to make a tough decision about the NFL draft. Wow, you think it's draft draft decision already? I think the continued emergence and growth of Quinshawn Judkins paired with Ulysses Bentley being healthy, Michael Trigg, Caden Priestcorn, two-headed monster at tight end. Yep. And I think the wide receiver room is not getting talked about enough with Trey Harris, Sakari Franklin, and uh, I think Aiden Williams is going to be a dude as a freshman. I think that the offense is going to be much more balanced. They're going to be able to use the middle of the field to open things up, to make people have to actually honor the passing game and to not just load up the box to take away Quinshawn Judkins. Because last year, people were loading up the box and Lane Kiffin just said, okay, well, I'm just going to do this until you stop Quinshawn Judkins. A lot of people weren't able to do it. I think the big thing is I, I do think this is a sink or swim year for Michael Trigg. Yeah. They were very disappointed in him a year ago. And now it was, I think there were a lot of variables there. He was coming off the injury. I don't think he was, I don't think he was a hundred percent. A lot of pressure put on him early, had some nagging injuries and he just didn't perform. And I think Michael Trigg would tell you that he's probably more disappointed in himself than anyone. Um, so I think they're going to challenge him to, Hey, we need you to be, we need you to be a dude. Caden Priestcorn is going to get his, but Michael Trigg is, in my opinion, the key to the offense really unlocking itself to be elite because he's a mismatch nightmare. They can split him out in the slot. They can put him out wide. They can put him in as an H-back type role opposite Priest Corn. I think that's what's going to really help because you know Judkins is going to do his thing. And I, I do believe in the receivers. I do think that Trey Harris and Sakari Franklin are going to be just fine because I, I know it's the, well, the group of five to the power five jump is big and it's hard. Those guys performed well against power five teams at their group of five stops before they got to Ole Miss. So, um, yep. yeah, I think Jackson Dart and it's an, for him again, it's another year away from the injury. He's going to be more confident. He's going to be, you know, more settled into the offense. He's got an entire off season to continue to learn and to build up a connection and a relationship with everybody and his, you know, all the skill guys. Um, I think Jackson Dart's going to have a big year because a lot of now he's the quarterback. It's a quarterback league. It's a quarterback game. You get all the credit and you get all the blame. A lot of the struggles last year were mostly because he was still very young, but also because he was running for his life the entire season. So I think if the offensive line can hold up, I think he's going to have a big year. I'm right there with you. I think Jackson's going to take a huge step forward as well. 
Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. And people, you're right, people aren't talking enough about the wide receiver room. I mean, Zachary Franklin's arguably the best receiver in the SEC as soon as he signed the paper and, and transferred. I mean, he was in a he made UTS UTSA go the last two years. Um, and I'll go, I'll stick in house as well for my my third take here. Mine actually will also encompass 2024. I am fully of the belief that Ole Miss will get Georgia if not this year in Athens they will get them in Oxford next year so I think one of one of the next two meetings Ole Miss will beat Georgia and and beat Lane Kiffin will beat Kirby Smart I think all the stars it's one of those things like (laughs) you kind of have to just that would just be incredible if he beats Kirby Smart before he beats Nick Saban yeah it'd be amazing and I think it's gonna happen I mean it's all of the stars kind of have to align for those things to happen, but I, I think that they will in one of those two games. It's just, it feels like there's a storm brewing. I, my third hot take will be that Ole Miss beats Georgia in one of the next two meetings. I think this year um, is likely the year if they're going to do it. It's got to just be a kind of on the road thing where Georgia overlooks Ole Miss a little bit um, and Ole Miss gets them, you know, kind of just mm-hmm. down the stretch. Uh, because Carson Beck, I think, is going to be good, and George is going to be perhaps even better offensively than they were with Stetson. Um, but I, yeah, that'll be my third hot take. Ole Miss beats Georgia in 2023 or 2024. Wow. Okay. My final hot take I think South Carolina wins 10 games this year. Ooh. Schedule sets up nicely. I do think that. They open the year with North Carolina. I think that's a win. It's going to be a fun game, too. Drake May, Spencer Rattler going at it. Um, You're beating Furman, Mississippi State, Florida, Missouri, A&M, Jacksonville State, Vandy, Kentucky, Clemson. The toss-up. I hear it. The toss-ups are obviously Georgia-Tennessee. Um. You could maybe throw Clemson in there, but they went on the road and beat Clemson a year ago. And I think that that at home, that is probably going to be the most hyped battle for the Palmetto State game since Connor Shaw and Marshawn Lattimore uh, were, were when you know Lattimore Clowney, all those dudes were there. Alshon Jeffrey, those years. I think it's going to be arguably the most competitive, the most hyped, the most talked about game between South Carolina and Clemson in years. And I'm a believer in Spencer Rattler. And I think that Shane Beamer has quietly started to build a monster to try and compete with the others in the sec East and the others I'm talking about Georgia. they're, They're not there yet, obviously long way to go, but I, I do think South Carolina wins 10 games this year. I can get behind that. I, I think Spencer is going to be, I think he's going to be pretty good this year. I, I think it's kind of like, okay, you know, you have to, you're the, everyone's been talking about you for, since you were on QB1, Beyond the Lights, you know, it's time for you to actually like really make yourself known. He did last year. I mean, Spencer looked good last year. Um, but I, I, I think it's like finally, okay, ever all of the, pieces of the puzzle are coming together like 
it didn't work at Oklahoma that, that he had a great first year and then kind of things were weird. He got benched for Caleb. He gets to South Carolina does well, but it was his first year kind of still feeling things out, new system, new offense. Shane Beamer was new. All those things are new. I think this is the year that Spencer finally says, all right, Hey, I'm here and I'm here to play. I don't know if that means Heisman conversation, but I, I think it's, whereas he would be picked in the, probably the sixth or seventh round as of right now, I think he plays himself into a, a first three round kind of guy this year. So I, I, I can get with you on that take for sure. The name to know in Columbia, Trey Knox, the transfer from Arkansas. Yep. That's going to be the key. All right. That is going to do it for not committed. Man, long overdue, ton of fun. We will, uh, we'll be back. Um, We'll probably do this again after media days and kind of get geared up for uh, there. for the season. Um, yeah, we might just do it while we're there because your boy will be there as well. So yeah, that'll be fun. We can uh, we can talk then, and uh, like I said, talking season will be here soon. And then hell, it'll be it'll be halfway through August before we know it, and uh, football will really get cranked up. So shout out to uh, Grayson for coming on the show. Thank you to the sponsors for making it possible, and as always. Appreciate you, the listener, coming in and uh, enjoying this Wednesday morning with us. So, Grayson, again, good talking to you, buddy. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. You know where to find me, at GSunJW on Twitter. Get at him. All right. Talk to you all next week. Until then, yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.